Welcome to the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. We invite you to open your Bibles and follow along with us as we study God's Word together. Hello, everyone. My name is Cody Westbrook. I'm the preacher for the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas, and you're listening to another episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ. We welcome you to our Bible study today. Today we're studying 1 John chapter 2, verse 7 through 11. God wants us to be confident. God wants us to be full of faith and assurance. And when we lay our heads down on our pillows at night and reflect upon the day that's gone and prepare for the day to come, God wants us to be able to rest our minds and our bodies with faith and assurance, knowing that we are right in His sight. And that is one of the primary emphases of the book of 1 John. John writes so much about the way that we can know that we are right with God. And one of the ways in which he gauges that is by proposing a number of tests. There is the test of obedience. Are we walking in the light? Are we obeying the will of God? But there is also the test of love. And that is the test that begins to be addressed in 1 John chapter 2, verse 7 through 11. John says, Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. What we find in these verses is a paradox. And a paradox defined is a statement which seems contradictory, but is in fact true. What we have in 1 John chapter 2, verse 7 and following, is John referring to a command which he calls old and new. And so the question is, how can the command be both old and new? Well, it is old in the sense of time or chronology. In other words, That command has been around for a long time, but it is new in the sense of its nature or its application. It takes on a higher and greater ideal or meaning. That is the idea. So let's work through these passages together, looking at it from the standpoint of the old and the new, and then how it is applied, the action that is involved in this command. First of all, notice in verse 7, he says, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Well, first of all, what is the commandment? Well, John hasn't expressly said it yet in verse number 7, but looking at the overall context, we know already that this commandment is the command to love one another to love one another, and particularly to love the brethren. Now, why would John say this is an old commandment that you have known and heard from the beginning? 
Well, one reason is because this commandment existed even in the law of Moses. In Leviticus chapter 19 and verse number 18, the law of Moses said, You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. The command to love one another and to love your neighbor is one that was part of the law of Moses, which the Jews, the Jewish people were commanded to keep. But also, as we study the life of Christ, we find that Christ taught the same thing. In fact, in Matthew chapter number 22, beginning in verse number 34, Matthew, by inspiration, records an event for us in which uh, someone came and asked Jesus a question. In fact, it was a scribe, a lawyer. One of, the law, one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, Matthew says, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? So Jesus answered, verse 37, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. What has Jesus done in Matthew 22, verse 37 through 40? Notice the question is, what's the greatest? And really what is meant in that is, if we were to rank commandments in order of most to least importance. The things that really have to be done and the things that don't necessarily have to be done, which would be at the top? Well, Jesus says, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor, but he says, listen, the second is like to the first. In other words, it is of equal weight. It is just as important to love your neighbor as yourself as it is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, your mind, and your strength. That's what he meant in Matthew 22, verse 34 and following. Well, later in John chapter 13, verse 34, John chapter 15, verse 2, and John chapter 15, verse 7, Jesus will take the commandment to love one another and he will exalt it to a place never before seen. You see, because what Jesus says, <clears throat> he says, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. There's the newness. There's the nature. There's the application. It wasn't new in the sense that it had never been commanded before. Leviticus 19.18 commanded it, and Jesus himself in Matthew 22.34 and following referenced that very passage and acknowledged, yes, this is a commandment. So it's not new in that sense, but it's new in the sense that Jesus says, I am the pattern. The sacrificial love of Christ Jesus is the foundation. That is the point for which we aim. That's the target. But more about that in just a few moments. So now back to 1 John chapter 2. We are told in 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 6 that we are to walk as he walked, and he, that is Jesus, walked in love. So what John is doing in 1 John 2 verse 7 through 11 is he is reminding us of the necessity of brotherly love which is embedded within the gospel we cannot obey the gospel and claim to be of the gospel if we do not love our brethren because that is part of the teaching of the gospel. Listen to 2 John verse 6. He says, This is love that we walk according to his commandments. 
And this is the commandment, that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. The commandment, he says, is that we, we, we are to walk in the commandment. And he says, this is love. Walking in the commandments is love. We cannot be the children of God if we are not people of love. Love is to be our primary motivation for all that we do, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 to 3. We are to serve in love, according to Galatians chapter 5. We are to love all people, according to Romans chapter 12. We must be people of love, and John will tell us later in 1 John 3 verse 18 that love is not just what we say, it is what we do. My little children, let us not love, he says, in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Love is defined by action. Now, let's look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 8 and following and consider the idea of this command being new. The old command, verse number 7, love your neighbor, it's old in the sense that we've heard this before. This isn't anything new. But now look at the newness of it. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, verse 8, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says... He who says that he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. The newness. How is it new? Well, we've already talked about this. We've already referenced it from John 13, verse 34. The newness is seen in the fact that Christ exalted it to new heights. He exemplified it. He says, you love one another as I have loved you. Well, how did he love us? He left the splendors of heaven and came to this world to die on the cross willingly on our behalf. He sacrificed for us. You see, it's new in its emphasis. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5 and Leviticus chapter 19 and verse number 18 together, when we put those together, we learn according to Matthew chapter 22 verse 34 and following that the whole law hangs on the ability to put these two things together which is loving the Lord our God and loving our neighbor as ourselves. It is also new in quality. We are to love one another as Christ loved us. That's a sacrificial kind of love. It's not an empty kind of love. And that, unfortunately, is exactly the kind of love that is most common in our world. Too often people talk about love, but what they really mean is lust. Too often people talk about love, but their love lacks devotion. We have a lot of people that talk, for example, about how much they love our country, but their actions speak louder than their words. Their actions tell us that really what they love is their own ideas and their own agenda. They don't love the country. They love, their, they love themselves. But love, as Jesus commands us to love, is a sacrificial love. It puts the best interest of its object at the forefront without exception. But it's also new in its extent. We are to love our neighbor means, well, who is our neighbor? Well, our neighbor is is everyone. You remember Luke 10, verse 25 and following. It's a similar account to Matthew chapter 22, verse 34 and following. But this is the account of the Good Samaritan. Someone came to Jesus and asked, The same question, and Jesus said, you love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, well, who is my neighbor? And then he gives the parable of the Good Samaritan. And that parable forces the lawyer into the 
the undeniable conclusion that the person who truly displayed genuine love in that, on that occasion was not the priest and not the Levite, but was the, the Samaritan. You see, the Jews in that time defined neighbor as the one who you like and who agrees with you on most points, if not all. Jesus says, no, no, your neighbor is everyone, even the Samaritan. So it is new because of its emphasis and its quality and its extent, but it is also new, John says, because it belongs to this new age of true light. He says at the end of verse number 8, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He's talking about, if you will, the time of the gospel, the dispensation of Jesus Christ. John will say in 1 John chapter 5 that the whole world lies in wickedness. He will also tell us that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. We live in a wonderful time on this side of the cross where we are able to live as New Testament Christians. Christianity is no longer something coming in the future as it was in the time of the Old Testament. It is a reality of the present. The gospel is a reality of the present. And love and love of our neighbor, love of our brother is all part of the equation. So it's old in the sense that it's not a new commandment. It's been around for a long time, but it's new in the sense that Christ exalted it to new heights. We love sacrificially, and we love our neighbor, which is everyone, and we love sacrificially. But now let's consider the action. Look at verse 10 and 11. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. You see, God always demands a profession of our proclamation. He always demands profession of our proclamation, or demonstration, rather, of our proclamation is probably a better way of saying it. In other words, if we say that we are Christians, then God demands that we live like Christians. If we say that we are walking in the light, then God demands that we walk in the light. If we say that we love our brethren, then God demands that we actually really and truly love our brethren. That love is seen in action. But notice he says, first of all, before we talk about that action in a more specific way, what does he say about hatred? He says that hatred blinds us. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 31, we have an uh, interesting commentary and parallel passage. Paul says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. Now what Paul is doing in Ephesians 4.31 is he is giving a progression Bitterness leads to wrath, wrath to anger, anger to clamor, and clamor to evil speaking is the idea. One builds up to the other. And so what that means is that if we allow these uh, uh, inner feelings of anger and wrath to dwell within us, that they're eventually going to build and build and build until they result in an explosion of sinful anger. Well, that's what hatred really is all about. Hatred blinds us because as we allow hatred and resentment to live and to build up within our heart, then it continues to harden us and to callous us, and it will push us into sin. 
That's why in Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, Paul said, This I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in judgment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. In other words, I want you to grow. I want your love to grow more and more. Your ability to think, your ability to reason, your knowledge. I want your love to be intellectual as well as an action. Hatred blinds us. It gives us the inability to think. But love helps us to see the things that, the thing as it ought to be seen. Love is also seen in our service. John 13, verse 14. Love is seen in that we prefer one another. Romans 12, verse 10. These are the actions of love, that we have the same mind toward one another. Romans 12 and verse 16. Love is seen in that we don't judge unfairly. Romans 14, 13. That we receive one another. Romans 15, 17. That we admonish one another. Romans 15, 14. And on and on and on the Bible goes defining love by action. So the test of love, the test of brotherly love, what is it all about? Well, basically what John says is, look, if, if you really are a faithful child of God and you're really walking in the light, then you're going to be one who loves his brother and loves his neighbor. And that doesn't mean that you just say it. That means that you show it. That means that in your mind and in your words and in your actions, your love is going to be seen. And if it is not seen, then you're really not walking in the light. You are in darkness. So, think about yourself, evaluate yourself, are you walking in the light or walking in darkness as per the test of brotherly love? Do you really love your neighbor or, or not? That's the end of our study for today, and we're so thankful that you have taken the time to join us. We hope that you'll tell your friends and your family members and your brothers and sisters in Christ at whatever congregation you work with about our podcast and about our, our website and about the work that we do at the Southwest Church of Christ and the Southwest School of Bible Studies. We hope that you will contact us and come and visit us if you're ever in the Austin area. Thank you for again for joining us, and we hope that you'll be back with us again on our next episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast please visit our website at swcofc.org for more information about the Southwest Church of Christ. And if you're in the Austin area, please come and visit with us. Thank you for listening, and please join us again as we open up our Bibles and study more of the wonderful Word of Life.